Welcome to the Step Change podcast from me, Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. My podcast is my thoughts to help you with the development of your own business. And this Step Change podcast is entitled Developing Your People and Processes. So in this podcast, I'll be sharing my thoughts around these topics. We'll be looking at homeworking, we'll be looking at systemization, and I'll be sharing with you an interview that I had with Hayley Monks from Think, Inspire and Create back in October 2020 when we were talking about um, bouncing back from lockdown. So let's break that down into sort of two areas of people and processes. First of all, let's look at the processes. I love my systems and processes as many that know me uh, will advocate. And one book that changed my life, changed the way that I worked and changed the way that I mentor people was reading The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And it's been a popular book for many small businesses. Interestingly in itself that Michael Gerber says that a lot of businesses do not implement what they read from his book and therefore don't see the success that his book recommends. And the the book really covers sort of seven systems essential systems that you'd need in your business or the e-myth system should i say covers the seven essential systems and they are lead generation lead conversion customer fulfillment management leadership your marketing and your finance so i guess we can really easily sort of see systems and processes that we may need for bringing people into our funnel with our marketing, with our lead generation, and then our lead conversion. We can see systems and processes that may help us to think about how we fulfill our promise to our customers and, you know, around our finances in terms of how we operate the business from a financial model. But sometimes management and leadership can be more challenged to systemize in any particular way because I guess in part they're quite a personable um, aspect of running that business. I, as I say, I'm quite an advocate of systems and processes and when I work with my clients I encourage them to think about what they can systemize, prioritize what they can systemize and build out those systems and a lot of business owners will say to me i haven't got time to 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 write those systems up to think about them to in effect have a brain dump of what it is that i know the way that we do things well based on how i've done that over years but i think you can utilize your people around you utilize the talent around you to write up your systems for you so a real good way of doing that is that you could describe a system or process to someone it may be as part of a handover it might be as part of an induction and then ask them to write up that system or process gives you two things it gives you the start of a system or process that you can then develop um, yourself or in other ways but it also gives you an, an opportunity to check the understanding of how you've communicated that to somebody how they've received that communication and whether they understand yourself clearly or not also, when you're writing your systems, it's, I think it's easier to work backwards. So to think about, well, okay, what is the outcome we're trying to achieve? And be really clear in terms of that outcome. Then you can consider, okay, well, what system do we need with the resources that we have available to ensure that we can deliver that desired outcome in the best, most efficient way? And then when you know the system, 
in, and what it is you need to deliver, you can then better consider the input that you need. Um, so, for example, if I was to give you an example, I used to work in accountancy practices. And, and when we think about systemization, we say, okay, well, what's the outcome? Well, the outcome, let's say, for example, is preparing a set of financial records, a set of financial accounts for a business. Okay, well, what's the system needed to deliver that? X, Y, Z. Um, therefore, what input do we need to enable us to run that system? So that would be reliable information from the client, maybe from other sources, maybe from um, an input of resource from our team, um, bringing in other systems that we may have to lead into that information, or it may have been you know, documentation, working papers that we had. So think, work backwards, think about the outcome first, then the ideal system, the efficient system, and then consider the 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 inputs. Now, if you're struggling with a system, get yourself a packet of post-it notes, or you know, if you can't get together as a team and be creative and collaborate because obviously lockdown and pandemic, then think about using some online tools such as uh, Miro or Muriel, and you can, in my opinion, sort of map out your process because a picture tells a thousand words. You know, if you can visualize something. Um, you can easily sort of see where the gaps of your task are in my mind um, because you have step A, step B. And what I've seen when I've done this with clients as well is that they map out their current process, but actually in part, sometimes they've got their process a little bit jumbled up. So actually simply with post-it notes, you can lift a post-it note from one position and place it in its ideal place. It also, I think when you're using post-it notes or visuals to map out your process, it enables you to break down much easier a much more complex task and we'll be talking a little bit more about that with Haley in the interview that I mentioned in a moment then when we think about people I guess the thing that we really all strive for with our people is that we want good talent around us to help us develop our business and we also want our people to be effective and productive now, one of the things that's really impacted businesses is home working. Um, in one of my mastermind groups pre-lockdown, majority of the business owners in the room said that they would struggle with home working. But the good news is now that they're all obviously having to um, deliver the home working aspect and they found ways to make it work for their businesses. One of the challenges that I've seen for many businesses is with home working is the split between roles and particularly the seniority. So, for example, you know, the board, the leadership team, they've embraced the opportunity to be remotely from their team. It's reduced their interruptions. The meetings have been much more sort of efficient because in, in a Zoom, you don't have the opportunity to, I guess, chat in the same way as you would around a coffee machine and in preparation when you're starting to sit around a table. Um, but the more junior members of the staff have felt probably left out. Probably the more formal communication hasn't been as effective as it could be for for them. Um, and that sort of piece of you know, knowing what's going on in the office has been lost. And it, that sort of connection, connecting with each other, connecting with other people has just been been lost in some way. So when you're thinking about maximizing your people, yes, you can think about their skills. Yes, you can think about their talent, but also think about you know, what are you doing as a leader to support and help their productivity and enable them to deliver this to the fore. And 
I use a tool called the Business Model Canvas when I'm working with my clients. And I guess the piece we're talking about today in terms of people and process, for me, falls quite clearly into the key resources box. You know, what is it that's um, unique about your systems and processes? Maybe even gives you some sort of intellectual property that um, supports your business. And then really around your talent, your people, you know, what what element of your key resource is important to you because your key resources are your assets in your business the assets that enable you to operate a business ideally without yourself in due course so i now want to play a recording of a video interview that um back in october 2020 i ran a live stream event with a number of experts um entitled back bounce back from lockdown and one of those experts was Haley monks the founder and owner of think inspiring create and you're going to hear Haley talk about five c's communication collaboration change coaching and culture and i think you're going to enjoy this interview as much as i did when when i was um asking the questions because Haley is so insightful so willing to share the information and i know in these next 19 minutes you're going to get a lot of information from Haley. so let's simply run the run the interview and i'll finalize in, in the end of the interview welcome back to our expert interviews as part of this live stream bounce back from lockdown helping you to think out your business to thrive in the future and maximize those opportunities ahead of you um, and i'm delighted that our last expert is Haley monks from tickle think inspire and create who's our expert around people and process development. So we've talked about HR, we've talked about recruitment, but now it's about the talent we have and how we can maximize that from a people and a process um, position, because I think you're going to hear from Hayley how they're very much interlinked. So welcome, Hayley. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Would you like to take a, a couple of moments just to tell us a little bit about Tickle, yourself, and how you support businesses? Yeah, sure. So um, Tickle, um, we help um, businesses identify opportunities areas to improve, processes to improve, and people effectiveness. And then we facilitate um, effective change um, that work for both customers and colleagues, um, ultimately to, to um, improve the financial performance of that business. And then we, um, we also support the um, design and implementation of training programs that, that support that work and the changes that those businesses are going through. Excellent, super, thank you. And you know what we're looking forward is in terms of businesses emerge, sort of tips we can share, and with the latest government guidance and the rules. Again, it looks like home working's here for a few more months, should we say? And I see that Tickle have completed a survey recently uh, around home working. So hot off the press, do you have any thoughts that you can sort of share with us as what the results were of that survey? Yes, yes. Is our um, how did uh, work from home work for you survey? Um, which we ran through through August and closed at the end of August. We had hundreds of responses. Uh, what was amazing about the, the survey, we made it really simple for, for people to complete, but we had um, sort of 80, 90% of the people who answered the survey also provided some verbatim comment for every question. So it has taken us several weeks to analyze the data and, and bring that information together. And the survey now, um, which we've named the five C's of lockdown, um, communication, collaboration, change, coaching, and culture. 
Um, that is going to be available now tomorrow. So anybody who filled in the survey and gave us their email address will be sending a copy out, out tomorrow. Um, but what can I tell you about what, what's come out of it? Firstly, there wasn't one single message that, that came out of it. And um, what do I mean by that was the, um, uh, the responses vary depending on um, the, the groups of people that were completing it. And we grouped these, um, or they were easily grouped into seniority um, because we'd ask people uh, about their level, um, length of time in the business, and also um, domestic arrangements. Um, so they, those who um, were more senior in business came back with different views, and that was often linked to the domestic arrangements. They are more likely to have a, a home office set up. Um, interestingly, those who were new into businesses um, they, they didn't have that natural network. They hadn't, they hadn't built that network, so they felt more isolated and definitely in more need of communication. Um, and domestic arrangements was absolutely crucial. Um, if you're flat sharing and your, your bedroom becomes your workspace, your relaxing space and your sleeping space, that actually didn't make the work from home experience particularly good. Um, there were some real positives, and, and drawing out those positives, they were no commuting. Everybody was, yay, no commuting. That's a great one. Um, the ability to, um, to eat healthily and choose what you eat, so to cook and prepare your own food rather than maybe having a sandwich on the go. Um, and overall, this, this general sense of better well-being, that people felt that lives were better. Um, but some of these were, these great things were outweighed by um, some of the things I've already mentioned, but, but also that, that connectedness. So as humans, we, we naturally want to connect with other humans. Um, and that, that ability to understand how your team are feeling emotionally, how people are getting on, and what's really going on behind the camera was far harder. Um, and the ability to get people up to speed on change. So what's come out is the things that um, probably we didn't really understand fully when we worked in an office, that when you're co-working, you're hearing and seeing things that you're just taking on board. So you may have noticed new posters go up or um, customers visit the site or senior managers meet the site or different people doing things. And, and you will have, have chatted about it in the office and, and that learning by osmosis um, that just naturally occurred meant that when change happens, people were more ready for change. Whereas now everything is a shock. Everything is new news because there's, there's no way of seeing or hearing what's going on and there's no way of learning from your colleagues. So I think, you know, there's some fantastic insights and there's some real messages for businesses going forward that uh, a whole work from home arrangement is going to be difficult. Not everybody wants it, um, but the need for communication um, and collaboration is really important. And um, just using video conferencing isn't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll read a, a quote for you, if I may. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of fantastic quotes, which I think kind of summed it up for me, is that I miss the random conversations with people outside of my normal circular activity. I think this is sometimes where the magic happens. And I think that's the great thing about working in an office environment, is that you, you get to speak to other people and see other things. Um, and that can help to improve what you do and your well-being in the workplace. Mm -hmm.
I certainly have seen that. I think if you to have conversations with people that had offices a month ago, they said, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to the office. It's all about homeworking now. We just have an office to get together every so often. Now it's, hmm, okay. Now the distraction of play, maybe homeschooling and all those sort of factors have sort of drifted away, if you like. Again, okay, the value of getting our people together exactly as you've summarised in there. Fantastic summary. Thank you for that. Um, so it's out tomorrow, do you say? Yes. Yes. Okay. Will we'll we find that on tomorrow. your social media? You will find Well, you won't find it generally on social social media because uh, we have said that anybody who filled in the uh, the survey can have a, a copy, but we will, we are doing them on request. You'll be able to find a link to our webpage where you'll be able to request a copy. And certainly some of the summaries around those five Cs, which is uh, quite exciting to, to hear. I love the way that you've broken that down. So can't wait to see the results. Um, so let's think about um, Tickle a little bit more then, because I know at Tickle that you love to use your visuals um, to get faster results with the work that you do. So how can visuals help a team make better decisions faster? So in short, um, a picture tells a thousand words and it really is, is true. So um, visuals remove that individual um, interpretation of, of words that occur. So we very quickly can come to a common understanding so we will um, use visuals to um, break down something that's, that's quite complex, to increase collaboration, to um, improve co-creation and innovation. Um, and teams will actually start to work more effectively together when they get to look at those visuals. It's easier to build on one another's ideas through visuals and pictures. So we... we over the last few years have refined how we've worked with visuals and we've practiced how we work with them to, to detail processes, to tell stories, to, to break down things that are complex into um, to simple visuals or simple models to ha help that understanding. And, and what we have found consistently in all of the um, workshops and facilitation we've done using visuals is that the, the people in the room are far highly far higher engaged with what's happening when we're actually getting to work with visuals, whether that's physically doing it as we used to do it in a, in a workshop with, with post-it notes and pens, or remotely doing it with collaborative online whiteboards. The experience is still the same. It's the actual ability to tell that story through pictures. And, and with that higher engagement um, becomes a, a more interest in that in-depth in understanding. So people are taking the time and the effort to actually understand um, what, what's happening and to contribute. So we get to a common understanding and outcome quicker. And once you've refined then, actually this is our problem and we all see it, that big aha moment where everybody goes, I get it, I can see what's not working or I see what we need to change. Um, it's very easy then to come up with, okay, so what are our solutions? And then we adapt exactly the same approach over again, using the visuals to try and design the common solution. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's been practice um, in doing it, but also um, consistent outcomes and feedback from our customers about how it works. I know uh, pre-lockdown, um, whenever we had a conversation, you'd love to stand up, you'd love to draw something you'd like you know use the visual way and I remember seeing a workshop where it was like post-it notes all over the wall etc but I guess when you first went to zoom that was quite difficult to do in terms of if you stood up you came off screen 
but I know you've again pivoted over lockdown and brought a lot of that online. Um, I know you've got some great feedback to, to tell us a little bit about how people have found bringing that sort of mapping experience or those sort of processes on, online. Um, yeah, so I mean, getting to grips with the digital um, switch um, was fast. At first, I thought, actually, is this possible? Can you create that creative energy and can you design something um, in a virtual world? And absolutely, yes, you can. So there are various different whiteboards out there and some have better functionalities than others. So depending on what an organization is looking for, I, I would give different advice. Um, but we, we use um, a purpose-built collaborative uh, whiteboard called Mural. And um, within that whiteboard, you can pretty much do anything. We can bring in documents, you can put post-it notes on, um, you can draw images, um, you can create process maps. Um, and you can duplicate and replicate um, images and stuff that you've done very quickly. So actually, it's probably faster than it is actually doing it in a physical room where we may have to take photos of the images we created and then get them created in the office. Um, we can actually do it live in the room. And the fantastic thing about, um, about doing that is we can see who else is in there and who's working. So if we're working directly with clients, um, they can see my mouse, they can see me move, I can see their mouse. We can communicate either by video or by audio or both. And um, so we can coordinate what, what we're doing. Um, the, the excitement that it's generated with, with people um, has been really surprising um, because it's so creative. And actually because they contribute to creating something that's, that's so easy to understand um, and so quickly, um, engagement's been huge. And um, yeah, we're positively, frequently getting positive feedback from um, our clients about how great it is to work in that space. And it really surprised me. You invited me into a session with with some other business owners whereby we had a play with that uh, online, and even I could use it. So, you know, it, it makes it simple to, to understand and use particularly through your facilitation and your leadership. It's a really intuitive tool. And um, yesterday we, are, we are onboarded some new people into the product. And I, I think 30 minutes is sufficient enough um, observation and training for them to be proficient and start contributing um, to, a, to a project or, or a process. It, it really is that simple. Brilliant. And one of the things that... Um, you, you offer at Tickle is that blend between the people and the process development. T tell me a little bit more about how that integrates and works together. So um, my experience over the years as, I, uh, as, as I've been running Tickle is that I, I've never been into a business where people haven't wanted to do the right thing. Um, so people in roles, they're trying to, to, trying to do the right thing. They're often um, have had... Um, uh, insufficient training. Um, they don't have understanding of the process. They may be new into the business, um, or the business has grown really fast, and so lots of things have changed or or, or been added been added on. And so when you go in and you look at um, uh, looking at improving a process or looking at some form of efficiency and effectiveness model, there's always got to be a people element to it because it's the people who actually deploy that process. And so there's a combination of actually what isn't physically working in the process. Is it um, a system issue? 
Is it an understanding issue or a routing problem? Or is it that actually the humans that are running the process don't understand it um, or aren't um, doing the right thing? So they naturally blend together. And when you start to look at um, capability of individuals, um, I like to think of it as an equation. So capability equaling skills plus knowledge over behavior. And blend that then with the process. If you've got a clear, well-documented process that works systemically and operationally, and then you have capable people who are not only skilled, but have the knowledge of that process, then you've got a, a recipe for success. Um, and looking at them in isolation only fix, fixes part of the problem. You can re-engineer a process, but if the people aren't educated to understand it, um, it won't work. And when I use the word educated, I mean engaged with it. So understanding what it is and why they're doing what they're doing and what the outcomes are and why it's important to the business. Um, once they, they understand that and they care, actually the process improves, but they also improve because they feel more knowledgeable, more capable and more valued. Brilliant. And I know, you know, I would certainly recommend someone to have a coffee with you so you can share some case studies because I know you've got a huge number of case studies about how that blend makes a huge difference. I'm going to reflect on a blog of yours that I read um, recently, which was, how do I know if my team are productive as they can be? So this seems to be a very topical question right now, um, especially with remote teams. So do you have any tips that you can share? Yeah, I mean, firstly, an observation is that you know, productivity is such an old phrase, you know, sort of more sort of 1970s type phrase. Um, so um, it is, you know, I've used it in, in the blog and I think um, in reflection, it's how, how do I know if my team are as effective maybe as, as they can be? Um, so yeah, firstly, I suppose my three tips would be don't just rely on data, um, don't assume and probably get curious. So what do I mean by those? Data's fantastic and it's the first point people normally go to. So um, it's either we're getting lots of complaints or we're not we're not um, billing sufficiently, we're not getting enough revenue or, you know, there's, there's some form of data that's giving you an indication that something's wrong. Um, don't just rely on that. So data's great for signposting, but what the data's saying is something's not working, come and explore. Um, which leads me on to the don't assume. Um, it's really easy to jump to conclusions with data. Um, and the devil is most definitely in the detail. Um, and so um, go and ask and find out, get curious with the team and find out what's not working and, and why. I, I firmly believe that the brain that has the problem does have the solution. And my experience of working with organizations is actually when you talk to the people who doing the job, they can give you the 10 reasons why it's not working or why they're not as effective as they could be. And they're often things that actually are quite simply fixed or they're the bigger things that the organization knows about. And for whatever reason, funding or timing is, is choosing not to do something about it. Um, so when you speak to those people, if you, you create the right environment and give the right space, um, you know, they'll give you the answers. Um, so these will be the high-level things. Don't just, you know, look at the data. Don't assume. Get curious, um, and ask the people. Nice. Thank you for those. So, last up, 
any sort of tips, final tip that you would give to businesses emerging from lockdown to make sure that we thrive and maximize our opportunities? Um, overriding tip, I would say, um, in terms of really um, spend some time understanding where your people are. Employee engagement and how people feel is a massive impact on their business um, and their contribution to the business on, on, on productivity and their engagement in the business. Um, and just by going and asking and finding out, you could find out something that you could help sort really quickly. Um, whether it is in the domestic arrangement, whether it's in um, better seating, a lot of people have been sat at kitchen desks, um, kitchen tables, you know, it, it's not great for the environment. So I, I was actually spend some time talking to your people um, maybe read our survey and take some tips from that, but talk to their people and, and find out what are the small things that will make a big difference. Fantastic. Thank you, Hayley. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, sharing your tips. If people want to know a little bit more about Tickle or this science around people and process, where should they go? Um, so Google us, um, Think Inspire Create or Tickle. You can find us on um, LinkedIn as well or links back to our, um, to our website. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks again for sharing your thoughts, tips with us. And uh, Speak to you again soon. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Hayley as much as I did. As I said in the introduction, Hayley has so much insightful information to share. And if that's an area that uh, perhaps her, her and her business can help you with, then I certainly recommend a conversation with them. So hopefully this podcast has shared with you some thoughts about developing your people and your processes. And I hope it's been thought provoking. I hope it's been useful please do subscribe to my step change podcast on one of my, one of the channels that is available on um, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, or one of the others. And I'll be delighted to share with you some more information, tips and details in my next podcast.